Good morning, good afternoon. Happy Sabbath. And the time, like Brother Stewart said, it's the only time, only thing we spend time chasing, and it's time. Uh, it's, it's after 12 now. Well, we are here. We are in the house of the Lord. And the Lord had given me a message to give to his people today. You know, um, months ago I, I put some messages together. You know, some messages that I think, hey, I think this is a good message. But God, God is somebody different. Because it was Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, keep in mind, I had my message already. But it was Wednesday or Thursday. The Lord gave me this message. And I submit myself. I put myself to the back and follow behind the Lord. Bind them for the fire is the title of the sermon today. Bind them for the fire. I don't know about anybody in here, but outside of doing what a fire is supposed to do, like cook my meal and warm the place and stuff like that, I'm not about a fire. Outside of that, I don't think there is anything good about a fire. A fire is destructive. Bind them for the fire. Please turn your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 3. Verse 19 to 21. So that's Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. And we know the story so well. It is the story as we have entitled over the year, The Three Hebrew Boys. It's about the mineral image that King Nebuchadnezzar had. The best craftsmen put together in his honor and worship. I'll read in your hearing. Daniel chapter 3, 19 to 21. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. The expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than usually it was heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into this burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their outer garments and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So here we have 
three young men thrown into fire. But what had caused this gruesome event to have taken place? What did they do? Because here it said the king was furious. He said the countenance of his face changed towards these young men. So like these young men had violated the king. I mean, this was a special occasion for the king. And the special occasion was about to get ugly for three young men. But at the same time, the king was about to stamp his integrity on this occasion. We know of Nebuchadnezzar's dream when the men who he was paying big dollars, the men who he had living the lavish life, could not bring back to his memory the dream that he had. Some of the men who he had called on told him, O oh, king, if you tell us the dream that you had. Now the king could not remember the dream, so he called his magician, his soothsayers, the sorcerers, everybody in his kingdom. I need to know what I had dreamed because I forget this dream, but somehow this dream is important. He put a death warrant on their head. If y'all cannot bring back to my memory what I can't remember, I'm going to kill all of y'all. He sent out a death warrant. He was about to execute the death warrant when the man of God stood up and told, reminded him of his God. So Daniel and his companion, these three young men, went into fasting and prayer. And God gave them the revelation. God gave them what the magicians and the sorcerers could not give to the king. And as we know, Daniel was being exalted in the kingdom. Not only was Daniel exalted, but the God of Daniel was being exalted. See, we need to remember that King Nebuchadnezzar didn't build this statue, this image of gold, when the interpretation was given. King Nebuchadnezzar humbled himself for a while. And he worshipped God. He worshipped the God of Daniel. The God that reveals dreams. But after a while, his pride took him over. The same pride that took out Satan out of heaven. The same pride that has been recorded in Isaiah chapter 14... 
And turn your Bibles with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 14, 12 to 15. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You are weakened. You have weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farthest side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, the lowest depth of the pit. So here, Nebuchadnezzar was exalting himself. No, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to be worshipped. You see, this image was not just built of gold. It had other minerals. It had bronze. It had silver. It had ceramic clay. It had iron. But he named it the image of gold. Because the head represents him and his kingdom. But for some reason, he seemed to have forgotten the vision that he had. He seemed to have forgotten the most outstanding event that had taken place when he had this vision of this mineral man. He seemed to have forgotten the rock that was cut out without hands that hit this mighty statue and it crumbled and a mighty wind came and took it and it was no more. But that rock fill the entire earth and that kingdom would never be removed. He only saw the temporary empire that he was governing. He didn't even have the, the, the recollection that the other minerals represented other nations that would have toppled his empire. So we, we try to get to how these three young men were bound and put into this fire. So let's go to Daniel chapter 3 and just have a little refresher course of the events that had taken place. So here we see in chapter 3 verse 1, the image was being made. Now, there was something very peculiar about this image. The image was 60 cubits high. In modern measurement, that's 90 feet. This was huge. This was big. And this image was 6 cubits wide, which was 10 feet. And look at this. And I'm five something, so my hand span is not more than five something. See, the number six in prophecy represent both man and beast. So this image worshiping right here that was taking place was not the, the erection of that statue, that image, but pagan worshiping. 
Because this man had this, this king had this image erected so he could be worshipped. He sent out a special invitation to everybody who was anybody in his kingdom and around the world. Because we have to remember that at this time he was the most powerful king. Everybody, he had conquered the entire world. He had everybody, every nation and tongue had to accept. They didn't have any choice but to accept this invitation to meet in the plain of Dora. He had the judges, he had the lawyers, he had the, the sheriffs, he had the mayors, he had, he had everybody. And he had the common man, because everybody has to come to this worship session. Turn your Bibles to me, with me please, to Revelation chapter 13. Because the book of Daniel, especially Daniel chapter 3, is parallel to Revelation chapter 13, 14 to 18. Revelation chapter 14 said, And he deceived those who dwell on the earth by those signs which was granted to do in the sight of the beast. And remember when we talk about the beast right here in Revelation, we're not talking about an animal, but we're talking about a system. A system of worship. And remember I told you a couple seconds ago that the six represented both man and beast. So it represents man and a, a power. A beast power represented by a man. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword. And live. So here it is. An image was being made. For Nebuchadnezzar. An image will be made. In the very near future. Matter of fact it has already been made. In the very near future. It will be instituted. Because brothers and sisters. This is all about worship. Who are we worshipping? Who are we going to worship? Because the time is fastly approaching when we will have to worship. And we're going to have to choose who we are going to worship or what we are going to worship. Are we going to worship the Lord and his holy Sabbath day, the seventh day after Sabbath, the Lord thy God? Or are we going to worship on the counterfeit Sabbath? The man of sin. And we seem to, we seem to use all kind of adjectives to describe this person, but we don't want to call no name no more. The Pope of Rome. When all of this worldwide mayhem was taking place, he said, it is time, it is time for Sunday to be reverence and be a day of worship like the Jewish Sabbath. It is time. 
Remember, the little horn spoke, and it spoke against the Most High. Its intention was to change time and law. The time of worship and the fourth commandment. Here he said, it is time for Sunday to be reverence, like the Jewish Sabbath. So in other words, it is time for Sunday to become the Sabbath. Here the king gave out to all the officials. He gave instructions to the governors. He gave instruction to everybody who came to this dedication sermon. The mayors, the governors, the sheriff, everybody who was in the judicial and in the penal system. This enactment right here of Daniel chapter 3 had taken place some years ago when the Pope invited all the governors and all the mayors worldwide to the Vatican under the heading of climate change. The governors and the mayors. What role does the governors and the mayors play in our society today? They are the head of local government. Whatever happens, the, government, the, 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 the governor can overrule a lot of what for, for his state. He can overturn a lot of the rules that may come down from up top pertaining to his state. He have just the other day, I, I, I heard that the governor is the one who is responsible to call out the, 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 the National Guard. So here, when you have the mayor, you have the governor, and you have the sheriff, which the sheriff represents law enforcement. Anybody who broke the command of the king will be prosecuted. Like, very soon, when it is being enforced upon us, anybody who violate Sunday worship will be prosecuted. So, news got to the king's ear that there is a problem. This was a special occasion. This was a big occasion. But somebody had violated the king and his command. Three young men were found standing. It was easy for these young men to be identified because everybody else was face down. So it was being brought to the attention of the king that there are three young men and they were called by their names. They were called by the Babylonian names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, these young men were taken out of their homeland. These young men were taken into idolatry. 
These young men were taken into Babylon, into confusion. But they were not confused. Why weren't they confused? Because they stood on the word of God. Where was the rest of the Jews? Where were the commandment keepers? They were on their face in front of the statue. They were not in Babylon on vacation. They were in Babylon because of misbehavior. Because of disobedience. God sent this man Nebuchadnezzar into Jerusalem and take them out. Because they were idolaters. And if there's anything that God dislikes, is an idolater. Thou shalt have no other God before me. I am a jealous God. So he sent them a barbarian. Many of them didn't make that trip to Babylon. They died on the way, walking thousands of miles without food, without water. But here are these three young men were being spotted out easily because they were not hiding. They were brought before the king. And the king was being a bit settled. You know, we heard how his countenance to them changed and all of that. But when they were in his presence, he gave them a chance. He, whatever happened, I, I, I don't, probably you guys didn't get it right. But I say, whenever you hear the music, whenever you hear the instruments, you are to bow down. So, I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Now, he's playing God because now he's being redeemer. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself that you may live. Only God can redeem. That's the work of God to redeem. He is the redeemer. But these brave young men who were not brave in statues and all of that, but they were brave in the word of God. They were brave believing in their God that they told the king with respect. Like I always tell my son, it doesn't matter whom. Whenever you need to speak the truth, speak the truth with respect. Whatever happens, I'll take care of the rest. But here are these young men and there weren't any boys anymore. Okay, this was this had taken this was taking place now 23 years after the first dream. But here they were, and they let the king know, oh King Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow down to your statue. We will not bow down. In other words, we will not partake in idol worshiping. Because this is what it was. We will not partake in paganism. Our God, our God will save us. 
So what did the king do? The king sealed their fate. Playing God again. He sealed their fate. He had this furnace heated seven times over. This furnace was so hot that the man who bound these three young men died. They were almost cremated just by the heat that came out. Just the heat. And imagine these young men were thrown in. These young, three young men were supposed to have been cremated on contact. When they got into that fire, that was supposed to have been it. But brothers and sisters, when we stand up for the Lord, in the fires of life, we will not stand alone. Like these young men say, even if our God even they still not going to lose faith because sometimes when we call on the Lord he will not come we have experienced that time and time again because in the faith building when we call to the Lord not all the time he's going to show up but what are we going to do are we going to lose hope are we going to give in or are we going to stay strong because these young men, before they were thrown in the fire, they say, even, even if our God doesn't show up, we are still not going to bow down. How will we stand in this terrible time that is coming, that is closer than we think? Do we still need any more fulfillment of prophecy? Do we still need to see anything else happening? I'm almost 50 years old. And the things that I have seen happening in Jamaica. In Jamaica, we have at least 200 years worth of rain falling in a couple of weeks. I've seen water in Jamaica like everybody in Jamaica should own a nice boat now. Central America, Nicaragua, and Guatemala. These places have been subdued underwater while places are burning. Look at the upheaval that's taking place in the United States of America. Look at the spiral worldwide of this George Floyd murder. Look at the behavior of those who have been put in government to rule the people. This is what happens when man claims power from God. So who is going to be our leader? Who are we going to follow? These leaders, are we going to follow King Emmanuel? Are we ready for the persecution that is coming? Because it is coming. Jesus is not going to take us out of this pandemic. He's not going to take us out of it. But I guarantee you, he will take us through this pandemic. These young men didn't just decide, you know what? We're not going to bow down on the spot. 
These young men had decided way before they were taken with the bad bunch out of Jerusalem. These young men were not converted in Babylon. There was nothing in Babylon to convert these young men to Jesus Christ. They were converted from their kids. They stood on the foundation of Jesus Christ on their God. That is why when they were taken away and given new image because your name determines who you are. It's your image. When somebody calls your name, everything pops up in your mind, your character and everything. But when they were given strange names, they did not become like the Babylonians. They can change your name, but they can't change your character, brothers and sisters. Only Jesus Christ can. All this that we see happening in the United States, it's not happening by chance. It's been properly orchestrated. The left against the right. Chaos and mayhem. In the most beautiful, in the greatest country on the face of the earth. Look at it. Look at it. Abraham Lincoln once said, if it wasn't for the interference of the papacy, the blood of young American men would not have splattered all over this country. It's the same force that is stirring up mayhem in the United States and around the world again. But this time, it's not going to stop. It is leading into something. Vaccinations are coming. President won't give up, won't accept defeat. One of the person that the new elected president is planning to put in the health care, he once said, everybody over 50 needs to die. Yes. I read that for myself. If it's a lie, then it's not on me. But he once said, everybody over 50 has done their time. They are using up resources. Be very careful of whom we chose to show allegiance to. Be respectful to your civil government. As long as they are not going against the word of God. That is when you draw the line. When your civil government, when the law of the land is in opposition to the word of God, then that's when we have to choose. We should have already chosen. We shouldn't be waiting until now to choose. Something miraculously happened. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, the king himself, before everybody else, saw the revelation. And he asked, wasn't it three that we had put in the fire? 
Now I saw, now I'm seeing a fourth person. And, and, now, now this is the heathen king. This is the man who is requesting worship. And I saw a fourth person. And he's looking like the son of man. Nebuchadnezzar saw in that fire Christ reincarnated before his first coming. Nebuchadnezzar saw one looking like the Son of God. He saw Jesus Christ in the midst of the fire. He called everybody who was with him, Look! These young men the only thing that that fire burned in these young men that day was whatever they had used to tie them. That was it. Because God will burn away anything that man is trying to use to hold us. They're here. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I turn the fire up too high. And I can smell when it swinged the hair on my hand. I can smell it. I didn't even feel it. I didn't get a burn or anything. But they hear in that furnace that had killed everybody who had tried to put them in there. Their clothes wasn't burned. Their skin wasn't burned. Matter of fact, when those young men, when, when the king called them, okay, he's the one who called them now out of the fire. Come forth. They didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like smoke. You know why? Because they were in the presence of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, who are we? standing for who will we stand for who will we make the decision to stand for COVID is not the reason why this church is empty today no COVID is not the reason why there isn't much people online watching the sermon today no they had already bowed down to idols it was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of time. As uncomfortable as that may be, or sound, you are not here by chance. You are here because you chose to be here. You who are watching online, the Williams family and everybody else who's watching on, online, it's not by chance why you're watching. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ because he's coming soon. Thank you. Father, as we depart, let us never depart from your presence. Father, I'm asking your peace. I'm asking your Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm asking you, dear Father, please, please, oh God, stay with us, oh Father. Help us to stay focused and to stay strong. Father, as we go through the rest of the Sabbath, help us, dear Lord, not to falter, but to keep your holy Sabbath, to keep you in our mind. 
that we will not forget your time. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, let this not be the last time we meet in here. But let us, as we go all through the week, we exalt you that when we come back in here, dear Lord, we have thanks and praises. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, and our Savior, I pray. Amen. Amen.